stuff that I talk about is more about love and loss and always looking for something brighter, I guess. You know, I'm always looking to surpass the life that we lived. So today I'm going to talk to Jesus Gonzalez. Jesus is a very familiar face with me because he helps me with my podcast. He also is a poet and he has published two volumes of his poetry and I also think a collection of essays. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, John. For being on the other side of the mic this time. Yeah. <laughs> how does one become a poet? Like, how? What, what drove well, you to Well, you know what? Poetry? I didn't... It's not that something that you become. It's just who you are. Um, what I started... When, when I was about 14, I kept on writing stuff all over. I write stuff everywhere. It's on envelopes, on, on napkins, on, on everything. And my dad, he kept on saying, well, maybe you should write you know let's let's figure out what to do to get you to write more stuff he encouraged us a lot so he bought me a smith corona typewriter at that time and it was a used typewriter and i think the l would get stuck sometimes and he paid 35 dollars for it and it was in the backyard of his sister's house that they would collect junk and sell it and stuff like that and so he bought it from them for 35 dollars, and i started writing on that which over time, I lost a lot of that stuff that, that I had written on that Smith Corona mm. typewriter. But over time, it just I would just write everything in notebooks, and I had a collection of notebooks just everywhere. And everywhere I moved, I would lose some sometimes, and sometimes I regret. I go, oh, my God. I, that would have been another book mm. that was already a notebook filled with, with from <laughs> page to from the first page to the last page. And then sometimes I think about, oh, my God, what was in there? And try to remember stuff that was in there, and I don't remember a lot of that stuff. What does your work mostly center on? I mean, what kind of topics do you usually hit on? Stuff that I talk about is more about love and loss and always looking for something brighter, I guess. You know, I'm always looking, you know, trying to to surpass the life that we lived because, you know, my family is from Mexican descent. So it was always about following the American dream. My grandfather, my dad's father, he came from Mexico and he brought his kids with him. And he built a fencing company. And I always say this about my grandfather because he put all the, the, the metal fences around Astroworld, Houston. Mm-hmm. So there's one little piece that still stays out there after all these years. So every time, you know, you're on the freeway and you pass by, we look at that little fence because my grandfather's been gone for a long time now. And whenever we see that fence, we know that he put his sweat on, on, and put that fence. See, that, that there. screams to have a poem written about it right there. Yeah, like. exactly. <laughs> you know, and I, I touched on that in about my, my dad's family in, in my second book, The Lonely Boys Club, because, you know, we were always raised in the summer. We'd go stay like two weeks with them. And my grandmother would always take us on the bus down to downtown and we would go to Crest and we would go to all those little shops down there in Woolworth. We would go eat in the little deli in the in, in the downstairs. And so I always say that my my life is both Mexican and American Mm -hmm. because we're on my dad's side. It's the corn tortillas. And on my mom's side, it's the flour tortillas. And for us, is one more American than the other, really, though. Well, you know, know. it's not. (laughs) But growing up. That's how we distinguished okay, who, good. what yeah, side I was what I don't eat corn tortillas. Side. I'm a big flour right. tortilla guy, so you know, okay, I get it. Well, I get it. well <laughs> that's, the, that's how we distinguished growing up, that the Mexican side was the corn tortillas, because that's, th- that's all they would eat on that side was corn tortillas. And then on my mom's side, all they ate was flour tortillas. <laughs> so that's the Mexican and American side. Is, that's uh, how I describe it. So are you originally from this area? Because I know you were, you were living in California for a while. Right. So 
Are you originally from the Houston? Area? Yes, I was born in Houston in St. Joseph Hospital in 1970, and then in '73 we moved to Freeport, Texas, which is uh, my dad was working for Dow Chemical USA. He was a welder. He was a welder for, for worked for them for 35 years, and he mm-hmm. retired from from Dow Chemical USA. And in '90. 91, I believe it was. I, I went to school at the Art Institute of Dallas, and uh, I got an AA from there in music and video at that time, and I was working part-time at a small station called KVN Canal 23. It was Spanish-language television. And then from there, there was an opportunity to, to go to Miami to work for the network. Mm-hmm. And I was working master control, so they said, hey, there's this opening. If you're interested, you know, you know, you have to pay your way to go there, but, you know, go talk to them and see see what happens. So I called a friend that was living over there in Miami that had worked with in the past. And he says, yeah, come on, you can stay with us and, and let's see what happens. And uh, so I went and that week I went to go go talk to them at the, at the network and I got the job that same week because they needed, you know, sometimes it's you're in the right place at the right time. So I would imagine the culture in Miami is quite different from the one here, correct? It's, I mean. It was a culture clash for me because it was <laughs> Cuban, Dominicans, Puerto Ricans, which I still have a lot of friends, you know, <laughs> and I still eat a lot of that type of food, you know. <laughs> I don't know if this is, I don't know how how, how you describe this, but what I'm used to here is black, white, or, or, or Mexican, you know. Right. And going over there, it was a learning experience. You know, I always try to take everything as a learning experience. And so I worked for them for nine years. And then at that time, my friend that that I went to go stay with, he had gone to California, him and his wife. And he said, hey, there's an opening over here if you're interested, you know. And it was funny because the the manager had actually called me and he said, hey, you know, we, we did notice that you had sent your resume over here to California. But, and it went to the corporate office, but it trickled down to Long Beach. So from L.A., it trickled down to Long Beach, which is just like 10, five, 10 minutes, 15 minutes away. And he goes, if you're interested, we'll, we can make that happen. And I said, you know, I was there just sitting doing my 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 pushups and, and in my living room. And I said, oh, OK, you know. And they they paid everything, you know, it was an all expense paid, you know, move to, to California mm-hmm. to, to Los Angeles and and then I was there for a while. Mm-hmm. So you've experienced, I guess, so many different cultures of being a both coasts of the United States. How does that filter into your work? How it filters into my work, you know, I always I wear my heart on my sleeve, so it's like I look at people no matter what race you are, I just look at everybody the same. You know, it doesn't matter who you are, or what they are. So a lot of my writing, you know, I've written a lot of scripts too. Um, we, we spoke about this earlier. I took some screenwriting classes over there in California with Josefina Lopez, who wrote Real Women Have Curves. That's the movie with America Ferreira, like her first movie. And, you know, a lot of that, the culture in California was a whole lot different from the culture well, also imagine, in Miami, yes. you know, because it's just different you know even though everybody's the same everybody's different but i try not to look at color in any way i just try to look at every everything the same so in my writing but at the same time though you have to pay attention to that because you as do you just say the cultures are very different you do between. because you might say something that's that's incorrect and um so a lot of my writing is i try to write some stuff that's bilingual which is the mixture of english and spanish or what they call spanglish you know Another word they, I picked up in California was dramedy, which is drama and comedy, <laughs> you know. And in my writing, I always, like I said, I wear my heart on my sleeve. I try to be as on, honest and, and live my life with integrity the best that I can. And, you know, growing up with the family, that you know, my family, my immediate family, uh, my mom and dad, you know, they're, they're no, neither one of them are, are no longer with us. But the way they raised us, you know, and the life that we lived at that time, my dad was very, very Mexican. So he was very machismo. 
he what he said goes and that was it and one one thing that he told me when I was growing up was well you were my our first and and it was it's funny because we would talk to him in English and he would talk to us in Spanish it, it, we understood each other but it was just interesting the dynamic when we were growing up the, the way we the way we talked in our home and so my dad told me one time he said well you know what I you know like when I was going to go off to school because I moved to Dallas for those two years those 18 months and he said you know, we didn't know anything about college life, how you go to college, how so you go to a four-year. Yeah. And, and he said, you know, I didn't know what to do with you. You were, you were my first. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to send you to school. I don't know. I hope I did the right thing with sending, you know, going. The funny thing about going to college in Dallas, my mother went with me, mm -hmm. you know, and I don't know if that's part of the Mexican uh, you know, life that, you know, well, you're going to go off to school, but your mom's going with you. So he got us a two bedroom apartment in Dallas and my mom went with me, mm -hmm. you know, so the whole family just uprooting and going to going to Dallas. Yeah. Well, every writer I know, uh, myself included, you know, your family life and how you grow up really affects how you write and what you write. And, you know, when you when you take classes in literature and creative writing, you know, they usually try to teach you these really kind of rigid structures and they want you to write within those structures. Right. Like you can be as creative as you right. want within these structures. Well, you know, I didn't really follow the formula. You know, I write the way I write. And sometimes I write where I try to make them rhyme and I try to find words that rhyme with each other. <laughs> but a lot of times some of my stuff ends with it not rhyming. So it's not actually following the, the pandemic formula of, yeah. of how poems are written or whatever. It's just I always sometimes in my head, I'm like thinking, well, first of all, I tried acting. I'm not a good actor. I tried singing. I'm not a good singing. Can't even do karaoke that well. But when I'm writing my poetry, I try to sing them as I'm writing them too. Mm -hmm. So that helps me write, get, get the thoughts down. If they're, you know, even if, if it's something that it's rhyming, but if it doesn't rhyme, I don't, it doesn't bother me that it's not rhyming. Mm -hmm. So I'm not really following. So it's more about the expression mode. for you. It's more of the expression hitting for me. The, and it's, and a lot of poets are like that. It's more about hitting that emotion rather than. Right. And the, the context the of it too, what I'm trying to, what I feel inside is what I'm, you know, and, and trying to, I don't know what I, tr what I try to do with some of my writing, not that I'm trying to hide stuff or whatever, but I'm trying to make people think and try to figure out what, what, what was he talking about there? You know, what was he <laughs> saying? You know, well, I know his family and, oh, you know, that's talking about his dad. Oh no, that's oh. talking about what his, when they got a divorce or that, you know, stuff like that, you know? So, okay. Well, um, Every writer I know, they always have a work in progress. Do you have anything that you're working on right now? Or I not? do have something, and I did mention to you one time, it's like a young adult type novel that I've been writing on, and I started writing it a year ago when I was in, still in California. And it's something like a high school type show, like they would show on the CW, but it's, I named everybody like the names that come up in the Texas history, you know, <laughs> Bastrop, uh, you know, Stephen F. Austin, you know, it's all the, the young, the younger, their kids or their grandkids that are in high school. And then, you know, it's kind of like some are rich and some are poor. And it's still that, I don't know if, if you would say the word, if, it, if this is correct to even say like the, the racist part of what we still deal with here in Freeport where, you know, it's black and white. And mm -hmm. even though nowadays it's not, right to say certain things people still say certain so it's like trying to deal with that and how to approach it with and and trying to be politically correct with it mm -hmm. maybe and maybe the limitations of it right okay so 
you're here at ACC. You said you worked in master control. What are you going to school for now? I was just going to get a certificate for mass communications, but I've always wanted to be do some reporting, you know, mm-hmm. do some more writing and, and like study to be a reporter, which, you know, we've been dabbling in. Mm-hmm. I still haven't gotten what I felt like I was going to get out of it. And I've been talking with, with my, my professor, Mr. Nichols, and there's, there's some curriculum is changing for next, next semester. And we've been looking at that. And I'm going to talk to an advisor this week because I'm still not with the certificate. I guess I would be graduating this semester. Mm-hmm. And I told him, I said, well, I'm not ready to leave. <laughs> you know, I said, first of all, I'm having a good time. I'm learning a lot. I'm meeting a lot of people. There's a lot of networking and stuff. So we're going to look at the curriculum and we're going to talk with the advisor and see, um, you know, what what's my next step. Okay. But that's where I'm at right now. But you're still going to be doing your work on the side, I'm assuming, correct? Right, right. I mean, artists, they, they've got to be artists. They can't just... Well, you Shed know that what? part of their personality. I use this word. I'm always percolating. <laughs> you know, it's like a coffee maker where it's it's you know I'm always thinking. I'm always doing, and I love to drive. Like I would do a lot of driving from California to here, and it just clears my head and it gives me extra thoughts. And it says, "Oh, I can do this and I can do that." You know, like we were speaking earlier, and you said, "Well, I was gonna," you know, I started thinking. You're there. At, in your bed at night and you're just thinking sometimes and that's where a lot of the thoughts come and I say oh I could do this I can do that you can try it and if it doesn't work out it doesn't work out but you know a lot of times at least if you try that's fine all right so we're going to close the show out Um, I want you to read one of your works which one are you going to read I'm going to read since we've been talking about my parents a lot I'm going to read one poem about my dad and he took it wrong at first because he was saying well you know you're saying things about me and this and that but (laughs) it was it's the miscommunication what's what's the title it's called oh father oh father look at me in my eyes what do you see i was never asked to be conceived i was just brought in this world this is just me one day you strayed and one day you returned you expected us to love you expected us to care but love can't live in a place that's bare by love you were supposed to supply, by love and need we were not supposed to buy. We paid a high price, so much sacrifice, and you just waltz right in and expect us to devote our hearts and life to you. You don't own the lot anymore, you continue to think you do, since you still water the plants. But they have grown and blossomed with the peaches and pecans rotten in as they fall to the ground. I think of you often, I laugh sometimes, but most of all rain just falls from the sky. I never thought life could be so difficult as I lay there in my mother's womb. Yet that's all it's been until I'm buried in my tomb. Oh, Father, look at me in my eyes. What do you see? I have your backside memorized since that's all we've ever seen. When you leaving us is all it's ever been. You put us down, you pull us up, you twist us all around until we give up. Or was that you? You tell us you love us at times you show us you care. Sometimes I wonder if it's too late to show you we're near. Are we too far away from each other, many moons from one another, many miles to travel and many mountains to climb? We're not little boys anymore that you can tell what to do. Domination and manipulation is all that we knew. You've got to realize we are not as young as we used to. Oh, Father, look at me. In my eyes, what do you see? Thanks for coming to talk to us today. I appreciate it. Well, thank you for inviting me. I'm John Tompkins. To read these stories and more, visit allencollege.edu.